TV Campfire Podcast. I was like, yep, okay, so you win for the week. <laughs> <laughs> We're here. I hate to sound like a broken road. Oh, no! <laughs> We're fans. It's one of the best things on television. Oh! oh! All right, we got you a hold of Oh, no, you didn't. We talk TV. That was the best scene ever. Like, All that right, blew I'll- me away. It was absolutely amazing. I just couldn't believe it. Welcome to the show. This is podcast number 514, and I'm Livia, your host, and this week we have returning guests. Hi, this is Tom. I'm interim chair of the Department of Communication at Palm Beach Atlantic University in Florida. Hi, this is Yusun, calling from Los Angeles, a costume designer, TV enthusiast. Hey, this is Peter. I write for WhySoBlue.com, and I live in Hollywood. All right, let's start off with the news, and this week Tom has it for us. Go ahead, Tom. Yes, Amazon studio head Jessica Salky told James Corden at a film festival in Edinburgh they lost Mayor of Easttown in negotiations, and it ultimately ended up on HBO. So this confirms the fact that premium streamers are equivalent with premium cable, and networks are, uh, who are you guys? (laughs) They're the last stop. Uh, AMC announced that they have cast Jacob Anderson, a.k.a. Grey Worm on Game of Thrones, to play Lewis in Interview with the Vampire. And they also greenlit it's Kevin... It's Louie, Cru- by the way. They called him Lewis in that Tom Cruise movie, dude. I thought they called him <laughs> Louie. No. Mm. <laughs> I suffered through that thing. They No, they call him... They actually call him... You guys are both right. They call him both. Like, they, they do say Louie. It's Louie and Lewis. It's Louie! It's Louie when he's old-timey, and probably when you get closer to present they might change it but like yeah, it's so louis they, it, it, when they're in I mean, france it's louis trust me yeah who knows oh, what yeah, yeah, yeah. in the, the flashback sequences um they also picked up kevin ken f himself for season two lakeith stanfield is going to star in apple tv plus's the changeling which is the series adaptation of victor lavelle's fantasy horror novel cw has announced that tony curran uh formerly of um oh shoot uh the sci-fi thing on uh on the sci-fi thing that was based on the game, video game. He's going to play Despero for The Flash Season 8. He's the big bad. That's kind of interesting because Despero was the villain in Justice League of America number one, Silver Age, and Starro was the first villain in the Justice League formation in Brave of the Bold. The Flash is also going to team up with Batwoman and Black Lightning, Mia Queen, a.k.a. the New Green Arrow, Brandon Ralph's Adam, Kyler Lee's Sentinel from Supergirl, and more in a five-part Armageddon storyline Plus, Tom Cavanaugh and Neil McDonough are returning as Reverse Flash and Damian Dark. So if this is going to be the final season of The Flash, as we suspect, it's going out with a bang. Domain Davis, who is one of the directors of Queen Sugar, has signed on as co-executive producer and producing director of Naomi. Disney Plus has greenlit Nautilus, a 10-part Captain Nemo series, giving his origin... And Marvel Studios is planning a Halloween special with a Latino lead, which all the fanboys are saying this is probably going to introduce the second werewolf by, by night, Jake Gomez, because he is tied to Moon Knight in the comic books, and that series is coming up in 2022. FX and Hulu have announced that Sam Worthington, Wyatt Russell, and Gil Birmingham have been cast in the Under the Banner, Under the Banner of Heaven limited series based on John Krakauer's novel. And Freeform announced that Motherland Fort Salem will have its third and final Salem or final season coming up. Boo! I it's, I like that they're giving like them this, notice. 
But the show does feel like it's ramping up. And so yeah. now they're like, oh, now you have to finish it. Like, what? But we just yeah. ramped up. Yeah. Seriously. They've done so much world building, and it, there's so much story there. I feel like they go in, like, nine different directions. It kind of doesn't make sense, honestly. Yeah. Does anyone know if the ratings are, like, not good? Why would they cancel it? They haven't said. I, I read the announcement by Freeform, and they said, we love the show, we're very pleased with everything it's done, and we're glad they get to finish their storyline. Yeah. Huh. Whatever that means. Um, HBO has canceled Betty after two seasons. HBO Max is reteaming Steven Soderbergh and Ed Solomon for the limited series Full Circle. NBC uh, Universal is a partner on working titles seven-part adaptation of Everything I Know About Love, which stars Emma Appleton from The Witcher and Belle Powley from The Morning Show. It's going to air on BBC in the UK, but we're not sure... I presume it'll at least end up on Peacock in the U.S. or USA. Netflix picked up Cobra Kai for season five. And they finally did the deal for Manifest season four. It's going to be a supersized final season with 20 episodes and significant pay bumps for the cast because many of the cast members were instrumental in spearheading the uh, revival effort. Uh, Victoria Mahoney is going to direct the sequel to The Old Guard uh, with starring Charlize Theron. Paramount Plus has announced that Star Trek Prodigy, which will also air on Nickelodeon, has added John Noble and Jimmy Simpson as the main villains. And Showtime has given a second season to Your Honor, starring Brian Cranston. And you're done? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was a lot. All right. Let's start off with the shows. Uh, first up, we're going to talk about uh, Motherland Fort Salem. And it was their season finale. Um, I have to say it was fantastic on all counts, uh, though I did feel the reveal about the vice president was a little mustache twirly. Like, I was like, really? You're just going to make him a villain? mustache twirly? Yes. I was like, you're just going to make him a straight up villain. Because what I liked about him before was I can tell that he didn't like that his daughter was a witch at all. And I could tell that he had, like, prejudice against it, but I was like, at least he loves his daughter, so it made him nuanced. And that scene when he comes in and he threatens the, the general and he's telling her that he's going to put his da- her daughter on trial, and you, you, I felt his grief. Like, I was really, like, I was like, oh, this character's really interesting. And then they go and do this reveal, and I was like, seriously? Like, that just so cheapened, like, everything we had seen before. And I'm not invested in him doing a coup against the president. I don't care at all about that storyline. I, I, I have a question. Are you saying that it, it was like his acting or the actual plot twist? It was the plot like, twist. It wasn't. The actor's yeah. fine. It has nothing to okay. do with the actor. It is literally, they've taken away what made the character interesting by just making him a straight up mustache twirling villain. Well, um, I didn't I, appreciate that. The reason I ask is because I don't, you know, completely disagree with you, except that at, at everything that you said, including his like, you know, confrontation with the general and everything. But I actually think that I, I agree with you, but I think it was made worse because in the reveal, I felt he was like very mustache twirly. I thought he lost his like 
and the ambiguity or the ambivalence of it. Do you know what I mean? Like it, the ambivalence of it. I really felt like that is when it became mustache twirly when he, I don't know, like, but I agree with you. I, I thought it was really interesting and, and whatever, but I thought it was made worse because I was like, whoa, that was really dramatic. You know what I mean? The way <laughs> they did it and stuff. I thought they could have made it a little bit more subtle or him being a little bit more torn up. You know what I mean? But he just seemed like a raving lunatic when he like admitted it. You know what I mean? He's like, that's what has to happen. You know? And I was like, well, Okay. The so, big problem was the other dude was total snidely whiplash. Exactly. Yeah. exactly. So he dragged exactly. the he dragged the vice president down to his level. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they could have they could have written they could have written that scene and they could have it could have played out where he was a little bit remorseful instead of yeah, I had more. sacrificed my daughter, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was that was kind of a bummer because yeah, that, everything about that story, story was working until that moment. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I, um, I, uh, I did not see the twist. I did not see the twist. Uh, still, but like, I think we're agreeing that the delivery was, for whatever reason, the reveal for multiple reasons didn't really work. But I will say that. I've said this on the show about the show before, uh, I think. Uh, you know, it's it's one of those, like, build a better mousetrap or just, you know, build a new kind of a mousetrap. So even when the show does do something that I know is going to happen, you know, or, or expect it to, I don't know that I know it, um, it still just rings out the emotion because it's just done so well, you know. And so even though I felt like uh, when Alder was, you know, they were giving her her great big, big scene and she – you know, turned into General Groot. And I was just like sitting there thinking, uh, uh, like I, it brought me into the emotion, you know, it did. But the whole time I kept thinking like, yeah, she's going to be back. Like she's going to be back. So even though it was kind of intellectually less powerful for me, or, or I'm sorry, emotionally very powerful for me, intellectually, I knew that very likely she was going to be back. I was like, this, they're not sending her off like this. Well, that was, um, oh, that was my frustration. Cause when she was like, her face was all plasticky. Well, wood technically, yeah, but wooden. it was an, it was animated and a lot of wooden acting. Yeah, a lot of wooden. <laughs> I I wanted to see her full facial expressions, like as she was saying goodbye to all these people, and sure. it really frustrated me and made me very angry. Um, but I did think that her requesting to be sent into them, I was like, "There's got to be a plan with this." Like, why? You know, yeah. I figured she had a plan. So I was glad. And again, it makes sense. Like, you know, one of those things about shows that aren't really written well is, you know, it's like a, they don't give you like a, they don't either, it's not breadcrumbing so much in this one, but the, the point is like, it totally makes sense. You know what I mean? It's not at all like a, you know, some lame reason to like keep her on the show or bring her back or whatever. You know what I mean? And I think we talked about the week before about just how powerful it was. Uh, with the reveal that it was her tears and her crying, her lamenting or whatever that like literally built the whole thing. You know what I mean? So she's of it. She's created it, you know, in some way she's the mother, the great mother. So it totally well, makes I sense. I want her to see, I want to see how powerful she is when she comes up out of that joint. Like she's sure. going to be insanely powerful. And as sure. much as the, the uh, bellwether general has, I mean, her comments when she took over for That's her, right. Pet, yeah, her comments when she took over for Alder was very much like you've been, you've lived so long, you're not part of humanity anymore, and we need this, and we need that. Like I got her point, but yeah. we're going into some time where it's gonna, it's about to get crazy, and I think that she's over her head. Bellwether's gonna be over her head, and yeah. 
I Alder's the only one that's going to know how to deal with this. She's fought the Camarilla before. She gets who they are. And uniting the spree and the um, military is going to be awesome. I think that's going to be fantastic. So I'm totally looking forward to this. This is going to be great. Uh, Tom, you're the only one who hasn't commented. Go ahead. No, I thought it was, aside from a few things, I thought it was a solid episode. I thought that um, after we talked about uh, the president last week and how amazing the actor looks for her age, she was really kind of a bee this week. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I know we're going to kill your daughter, but don't worry, we'll do it humanely. Like, yeah. come on. She'll get, a fair, she'll get a fair kangaroo try. Yes. I was like, come on now. And she's like, oh, you're trying to intimidate me with the thunder every time you get upset? She's like, oh, no. When, when I get upset, you're going you're gonna to know it. Like, that was fantastic, too. I did like the moment where Adil used his powers to save his sister, and she had to... F- she had to fight off and realize that when people were trying to kill you, it's okay to fight back. Thank you. So, and I think she might... Cool oh, yeah. she And she killed that guy, like, instantly. That was fantastic. Yeah, <laughs> but what I think is... Okay. All I was just going to say is, I don't know if she would have done that to save her own life, but to save her brother's life, she didn't even yeah. hesitate. Nope. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Again, I thought that was really good writing. I thought she would. She. I would. I would believe that she would sacrifice herself for you know on principle, but that in the moment she you know was pulled to to, uh, to save her brother. Yeah. So again, I just think that's quality writing. Also, very cool that she turned him into like molten lava or like <laughs> yeah, lava. that was fantastic. I was like, that is an awesome superpower. I was like, that's really cool. And again, uh, in line with the whole like they control Earth, you know what I mean, sort of a yeah. thing. So like, it's just every. I do want to say one last thing, though, because it was huge that the big bad turned out to be the daughter and it was super creepy. And but she like, wasn't she... the big bad, too. She was just a victim. No, no, no. I meant like the the, the of the plague. Of yes, the whatever. yes. The witch I mean, plague. Like, plague. It was called the, the witch plague. Yeah. The stores. Yeah. And and uh, when she was walking at them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And and then uh, uh, was it Scylla or, you know, she was like, she doesn't even know what's happening to her. Right. I mean, that was emotional, too. And yeah. that whole scene where they had to kill her again, really solid, like super emotional. They I just it, nothing seems fake on this show. That's so fantastical. You know what I mean? All right. Well, we got to wrap it up. Definitely thumbs up. This show is fantastic. And I'm really not happy about only getting one more season. Mm. All right, next up, we're going to talk about What If, and this is episode three, and let's start off, let's start Peter into the conversation on this one. Yeah, I liked it. I liked the notion of taking, like, I mean, to me, this feels very much like a, of uh, very much the sweet spot of a Twilight Zone kind of what if of, like, what if the Avengers never got to be the Avengers because somebody was killing them? Like, right. um, I yeah, I thought it was pretty entertaining, and I... I don't know exactly how I felt about the surprise of who the killer was. I was like, oh, that's okay. Like, I know, um, I felt like that was weird. I mean, I feel like I get that he would be upset that his daughter would die, but I never felt that Prem, Pem, Pem would, would Henry go that nuts. Like, I didn't find that in believable. The comics, in the comics, Pym went completely full-on evil. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Oh, well, then I guess it does fit then. <laughs> yeah, I even... So, but for me, that that was kind of a surprise. But honest, but I mean, the joy of the episode is more just trying to piece together, like, well, what is going on? And of course, seeing, you know, the characters before, you know, they unfortunately get killed. Poor Hulk exploding. Oh, that was so gross. 
that was, yeah, that was crazy. But I thought it was, I thought it was good. I I mean, I've of the three, the only one that I was kind of meh on was the first one. I I liked the second one with uh, T'Challa and the Guardians of the Galaxy, and I liked this one. I, I've liked them both. Uh, oh, you didn't like you didn't like Captain Carter? It's not that I I just I'm not a huge um, Captain America First Avenger fan. Like it's a, like I like it more now because I like Chris Evans, but. This one was, it's basically the same plot as that. And I was like, yeah, it's okay. And I like yeah. Haley Atwal, you know, um, but yeah, it was all right. Like the fight scene, I guess, was fun. But uh, dude, what did you guys think yeah, about Yeah, Tom, three? what did you think of this one? I thought it was good. Depressing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everyone <laughs> dies. <laughs> but I did like that uh, Black Widow realized that she was going to die. And she, there was no way she could win this fight. And that she was just, you know, I I would have instead of yelling "It's about hope," I would have been like "It's Pim." <laughs> like, I was like, I feel like that's the wrong message to yell into your phone when you're about to die. Don't make well, it cryptic. Wait, did she know it? When, when, yeah, when she did. Did she know it was Pim? Absolutely. Oh, I, she, I don't yeah. know if I caught. I don't yeah, know if I yeah, caught yeah. that. Yeah, she, I, she she said it's about hope, meaning it's about the fact that Pim's daughter named Hope died oh, so right, right, right. she knew, yeah, yeah, and yeah, she's totally. looking at him so she knew exactly who it okay. was that was about to kill her and instead of saying hey it's pim she was like hey it's about hope and i was like why are you making it confusing like that's not the time well, to make a cryptic trying... message they're just making it they're stretching it out for us you know yes what I, mean? I get I, that I, but I... I feel like a real person wouldn't do that i i just i wondered only because i asked only because i wondered when I was watching the show, because he was still off camera, maybe he was disguised in some way. I don't know. But you, what you just said makes the most sense. Because how would she know it's about Hope if she didn't know it was Pim that right. was attacking her? You know what I mean? I just, I didn't pay attention. I, I'm I'm not going to say much except that whatever Peter said, like, you know, re, re, replay. Because uh, everything about the first episode, this episode. Oh, actually, I will just add this. I actually tremendously love the second one because of uh, it was you know again just it, not even because of everything i said last week but just because it seems so fresh like so was not thinking that they could make something out of this storyline you know what i mean like what if t'challa was you know whatever you know what i mean so with this one uh like tom said it was just whatever they, everybody said it was depressing with 10 little indians watching them all go um but uh the, the i i really like the twilight aspect of this this what if it's even the even the, the beginning even of the, the, the credits or the whatever and the voiceover and everything, it is very Twilight Zone, you know what I mean? With the, you know, the, the whatever. The so, yeah I, I, yeah, I didn't really know that this was a, a, a thing. I didn't know the comic books or anything. So I'm really having a lot of fun with it because uh, it is just so new to me, the concept. And I think they're doing a great job, you know, even, even if the first one wasn't the strongest. Uh, it, I still enjoyed it. So yeah, no, I, this is a fun show for me to watch. Every week, I'm like, oh, what are they gonna? What's the twist now? You know, so the, it's kind of really fun. Tom, any thoughts before we move on? Nope. All right. Next up, we're gonna talk about Brooklyn Nine Nine, <laughs> <laughs> and we have our final journey with uh, Judy. Um, and I don't know why Peralta thought that Judy would just calmly go to prison. I was like, have you met? judy before like what he he's like well he's gone clean i was like just because he's gone clean doesn't mean he wants to go to prison uh so the fact that they did their whole cat and mouse thing was pretty good and uh that he reprogrammed his phone that all the numbers call his sister 
That was hilarious. <laughs> and of course, he changed so your good. your 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 look, your destination on your uh, phone, so it's so that they don't go to the like that. Same like the moment you know that he's screwed with your phone, you check your phone, dude. Like, come on. So anyway, I all of that was pretty good. Uh, Tom, your thoughts? I, no, the, you know, as much as we love Jake, he is still kind of a boob sometimes. Yes. And by sometimes, sure. many sure. times. All the time. So, you know, he wanted so much to believe that they had this friendship and whatnot. And it's well, like, they are oh, friends. They do. Toucans and tigers. Come on. They're yeah. friends. And tigers. Yes, they are friends. Those camp shirts. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. Are you, did you did you want to say anything else? No, I mean. Oh, okay. It, well, it was a paper, but he was on the receiving end. Yeah. I, I will. I will. I will combine both your thoughts because he's not. I mean, he's not a complete boob. He's not always a boob. The thing that I love about his character is that he's very good at his job. So you know, like you know, uh, the show definitely presents him as somebody who you know is a really good detective. You know, and it's fun to see him. You know, yes, there's some you know roadblocks and this and that and you know whatever yeah blind spots and stuff well you know with charles and all that stuff but as far as his job but the other thing is he's a softy that's the other thing him with amy and he's a nerd and you know what i mean so the the, his character has been written really well and and he does a great job sandberg that's why you know i mean the golden globes are political but he got a he got a golden globe didn't he um uh, and I wasn't surprised. It, he, the show required him to do some acting, even though it was goofy acting. And um, I'll focus on this episode just... I've always loved his relationship with Judy, and I thought this was a beautiful... It looked like at one point, um, you know, both their eyes were like misty, but not in the scene. At one point, I thought Judy was... Uh, I forgot the name of the actor who I love. Uh, it, I, I was like, was, is he really tired or sleepy? Did they film this, like, really late at night, or was he drinking the night before? I honestly believe, I want to believe that the real actors were like crying in between the scenes because (laughs) like, no, for real, because I kept, I couldn't stop focusing on both of them. They both had like reddish eyes at one point and multiple scenes. It looked like they'd been crying. Um, And I would believe it. I mean, of course, you know, it's the march to the end, but uh, I have always loved this storyline. I have loved their relationship, how much they they definitely, you know, rag on each other, trick each other. But at the the core, it is a genuine, genuine friendship. Uh, So this was a really fun episode for me. I thought it was a really, uh, you know, a a great way to kind of just send off that character and that storyline. So it was a really strong episode for me. All right, and then the other one after that was, what was the other one? I forgot. Oh, gosh. Oh, it was uh, the one where Jake is now suspended for five months. It was the, uh, because he wrongfully accused, uh, or wrongfully arrested someone in a case that he wasn't supposed to because he thought it was speed. And they're like, no, it's not speed. You're a bad cop. <laughs> no, he's not a bad cop. It was, he got so into it that he really thought he had accomplished something and then he was trying to prove some other stuff and then he ended up getting suspended for five months. So that was a less funny episode. But I guess the candy caper between um, Terry and... Uh, what? Right. But, uh, no, but I actually thought they had some of the, the... One of the best things in that episode was uh, Rosa and Amy. Like, they're trying to get the guy drunk. Oh, oh right! That oh was really God, good! Yes. <laughs> like, it was hilarious. <laughs> to tell the difference. That was awesome. I thought that was hilarious. He's like, I never, yeah. my eyes never go up above your neck. 
so I never yeah. noticed. <laughs> yeah, so I thought that, I mean, yes, the Doug Judy one I thought was more heartfelt and stuff. But, yeah, I, I really loved that interplay with, like, the two the, getting the two actresses get to do that. I thought that was really funny. Well, what um, was great is they so, flipped, by the time they got so drunk that none of the clothes were right and they were in each other's clothes. And then they both showed up at the table and they were right, like, oh, like, oh, right, double. oops. <laughs> Interestingly, so we're going to get two more episodes next week, and then there's a break, and then the big one-hour finale is until the 16th of September. I did not know that. Good to know. Yeah, I was looking on the schedule, because I know they did ten episodes, and we've been getting two each. And they so just I was like, oh. ten? And, we're, and they've been double-pumping them, basically? Yeah, yeah. They, yeah, they dropped them. Now, I don't know. I'm so happy that I get my episode, so. Yeah. yeah we're done. Oh. Next week is called Game of Boils, so I wonder if that's going to be their big heist episode. Yes, they, to... they got to do a heist. A heist oh, is necessary. I don't know. I mean, I hope so. I mean, come on, they do a heist every season. Are we going to get a Halloween episode? Because that would be classic. That would be amazing. I'd love to have a Halloween episode if in the lab. Hold my breath. There's what? only there's really only three plot lines left. There's Game of Boils. There's an episode called Renewal. And then the finale that is called like the last day, part one and two. So unless Halloween is renewal, I I don't think we're getting a Halloween episode, which is a bummer. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, they do always do good Halloween episodes. So I mean, uh, we got a Christmas episode from Ted Lasso in the middle of July or August. I don't know what month I it is. Say, I will say I think this has been a pretty strong final season. I I love. Um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it's a show I can rewatch all the time. However, I will say I don't really rewatch season seven that much. There, I don't know why, but the last season I was a little mixed on. This season has been pretty good. Like, every episode I've, I've really liked. I've really enjoyed. So, All right. Well, let's move on. Next up, we're going to talk about, is it the new cherry flavor, Peter? Brand new cherry flavor. There you which go. Which is, is a weird title that is never explained in the show. Like, um, but I, it's based on a book from the 90s. So um, go lead forth because so, I did not watch it. <laughs> so, so I watched this. So I debuted, I want to say, like three weeks ago on Netflix. And um, it stars Rosa Salazar, who was in Battle Angel. She was on that, am- she was in that animated Amazon. Alita? Are you talking about Alita? Was it? Oh, no, not Alita. Alita Battle, yeah, Alita Battle Angel. You're right. I think oh, that's not... She was in that, and she was in an Amazon Prime show with Bob Odenkirk that was animated that I really liked. So I was like, oh, I like her, you know? Um, and I, I have... I, it's, oh, it's, an, it's a limited series. It's eight episodes. Uh, I watched it in, you know, like two nights or whatever. And I've watched the pilot two more times. I watched it with my girlfriend, and then when I was back in Chicago... I watched it with uh, some friends of mine. Um, I uh, it, I don't. I think it is one of those shows. It's. I don't think it's the opposite. But whereas a show a show like Queen's Gambit, which is another limited series on Netflix, I think is very much like the perfect kind of show that happens right now. I'm like they're really. I can't think of any flaws to to Queen's Gambit. Like I, I think, as I recall. You thought maybe it could have been one episode shorter or something, but like what the show's about and how it's made and everything, it's like it it just feels like oh yeah, this is this is exactly the kind of show that is a zeitgeist show that everyone talks about, which is what Queen's Gambit is. This show is not that. This is this show 
I think probably also has a smaller budget and stuff. But I think the subject matter and the atmosphere is the kind of stuff that I personally just really respond to. Um, the story is basically about a, a young a young student filmmaker who's honored. It's in the, it takes place in the early '90s, and she's made a student film that somehow got on the desk of an actual like Hollywood producer. And so she's on her way to Hollywood, and she's got some friends there, and she's you know hopefully going to meet this guy, and hopefully things will go well. And of course, you know things do not go well. Um, it's essentially a I would say it's a three character story it's basically rosa salazar Catherine kinnear who plays kind of a mysterious woman and then there's an actor who i'm sorry i don't remember his name he he kind of sounds like jeff goldblum and james spader i guess i'd say that's a cross but that's a good the show is the show is very much it's one of the things i think is interesting about it is we don't i don't that i know of we don't usually see movies or shows about hollywood in the 90s you know like ryan murphy did his hollywood series also for network which is like golden era like hollywood normally when we're talking about the making of making of movies we don't really see the 90s the only one i can really think of is the player which was more just because it was made in the 90s um and and then later i guess you could argue maholland drive is 2002 but it still sort of feels like the 90s and this show owes a lot to me or i think to someone like david lynch um, somewhat to Cronenberg because it is kind of a gory show for people who don't necessarily like gore. I wouldn't say it's super gory, but it's, yeah, it's definitely got weird, disturbing imagery. Um, but I really enjoyed it. I it, it does for people, I know people like to say about, you know, trigger warnings. It does deal with, you know, obviously it shouldn't be a surprise that the guy who's a producer is also sleazy. And so it does deal with um, uh, not not rape but there is violence uh that is that that comes from that kind of stuff he so her. he like chokes her out yeah. on a you know like on a bar. Right, he's not choking her in a sexy way i mean it, it's no, not a but still there's a lot of violence rape is oh, about violence, violence anyway a lot of rape violence. is about violence not sex so. and that scene really i've seen that scene three times and it always freaks me out it, it's a very uncomfortable as it's supposed to be you know an uncomfortable mm-hmm. scene ultimately i think what i really like about the show though is that um, one, I just really like the mood. It's just kind of a strange, quiet, kind of weird, creepy vibe. The other, though, is that though the premiere, though the pilot starts with this pretty creepy guy, who, who no, nonetheless I find very fascinating and stuff, like you almost kind of want to like him in the beginning because he's he's giving her good advice on being in the industry. And so you're like, oh, I, I kind of like this guy, even though in my mind I'm like, eh, he's probably going to hit on her or something. Um, which is, a, you know, it's a credit to the character and to the actor. But ultimately what I think I like about the show without giving too much away is that it's basically a show about three different type of people in Hollywood who are all pretty flawed. Like, I don't know how far Yusin got, but if you're thinking that Lisa Nova, who's the main character, is just this innocent person, she is not an innocent person. No, she, and, she, she, and to she, me, she that's what I like crazy. about the show. Um, she's that crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I feel like what I like about it, but, like, you know, I don't, I would be curious to see what Tom would think if he would watch it, but Libya, I don't think, yeah, I don't really think it would be, like, up her alley. Anyways, I've been talking too long. Uh, Yusin, why don't you talk? Well, uh, yeah, I, I'll talk more specifics. Libya always gets on me about being broad, but I feel like you, you did the broad, you know, yeah, so I'll broad. get specifics. So, um, I watched two episodes, 
uh, and I thought uh, I would specifically respond to off off podcast. We talked about this, and uh, I agreed with what you said. Uh, you know, when I said that the, I was watching it when I texted you, and I was kind of like, Ugh, I was like, it's kind of slow going here. Um, I am a very patient viewer with with all genres and with you know all shows and stuff. So. So and then you you kind of rebutted that it wasn't really slow and and the thing is uh, all the reasons you gave were excellent and exactly what you say to somebody when you're like nah the show was building you know character and it was this and that and whatever but I was watching it kind of thinking is this show like not pretentious or self important but a lot of people accused uh, I, in, I I remember being in the 90s with film school and people were like oh Cronenberg David Lynch you know there was this like very artistic you know like we love them and then there was this crowd of like no so I I was very pro them and so uh, I this is in I don't watch this kind of stuff anymore. I don't have the stomach for it, but I can absolutely respect it. So by episode two, you know, you talk about the gore. I don't know if gore is the right word, but then you, you know, you talked about physical kind of whatever imagery and stuff. Here's what I liked about the show. Even though I was watching someone vomit up kittens, you know what I mean? Like, you know, all the time. I mean, it is really disturbing to watch it. Like it worked. You know what I mean? What the show does do and it definitely, Definitely by episode two, it like has lined out the plot line and the characters are already fleshed out. You know what you're getting. Uh, Catherine Keener is amazing. You know, uh, I think I mentioned this, um, you know, uh, she plays this witch sort of uh, uh, voodoo kind of witch kind of character. Um, so it reminded me of those movies, I think, and even in the 90s, like those zombie, not zombie, what is it? Voodoo movies and those lots of, so, okay, here's what I'm going to say. The experience is very visceral and I'm a very visceral person. So at one point I got kind of nauseous, you know, and then I like had to look away not because of the creepiness, because I mean, it did a classic sort of shaky Vaseline camera work. You know what I mean? Where like, I thought that went on too long. I, we get it. She's altered. She's on drugs. Um, but, uh, so I thought that was, I'm still waiting to see if this, I think that this show is like inspired and like, you know, really good or like amazing or just good like good it's like if you like Cronenberg and Lynch and that kind of a creepy uh it it unravels slowly I did not think it was as creepy as it could have been or as intriguing I kind of was more a little bit confused but maybe just like when I watch Shakespeare it it takes it took me a little time to kind of get into the language uh or feel of the show you know so uh okay so I will say this if you like this kind of stuff uh, I definitely think it gives you enough, and I have a feeling that it's it may get better, even better. So it's definitely not for the faint of heart, and it's d- definitely, like you said, uh, very specific, you know, of a genre. But I think it's definitely worth a start, you know. I'll yeah. tell you if it's worth a watch, but it's definitely uh, I, worth a start. Well, we got to wrap it up. Yeah, we got to wrap yeah, it up. I would say, just to wrap it up, I would say at this point, it's my favorite show I've seen for 2021. Um, but I will say just to somewhat lower Usen's expectations a little, even though I think it's good. I don't by any means think it is a perfect show. There are definitely, the one you just talked about, the drug haze thing, yeah, I agree. I thought that went on too long. There's definitely things where it's like, eh, that plot point's okay. But I mm-hmm. guess I just, it feels kind of fresh. Like there, sure. there is something about it where it's like, you know, it's a 20-year cycle where it's like, oh, what? this kind of story I haven't seen in a while. And so that's why I'm really enjoying it. And and Yusin, thank you for giving it a chance. I appreciate it. Yeah, right. I'll watch it. I'll keep watching it. All right. Is it scary? Yes. 
It's more creepy and atmospheric and gross. It isn't scary. Do you know what I mean? It's tense. You're not going to go to bed having nightmares or anything. Uh, Except for the vomiting kittens. Are you kidding me? No. Yeah. All right. We're moving on. We're moving on. Next up. Next up, we're going to talk about uh, C. And it is the the show that where obviously you can't see with the starring Jace Momoa. And the big thing that they have for season two is his adversary is uh, John Batista. And um, Dave Batista. I was like, why did I call him John? I just changed his first name. Whatever. Um, and I won't spoil for you who, how they know each other, if they know each other, or whatever. If you haven't seen the storyline, oh, it is. All right, have you seen? You've seen it, Tom, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, the thing questions. is, what was crazy was I thought I was caught up on season one, and I started watching the previously on, and I was like, I don't know what these guys are talking about. And so I was like, okay. So then I went. I was like, well, I'll skip back two episodes in the season one and see. And I watched that previously, and I was like, I don't know what this is about either. And I had to keep going back, and I realized I've only watched I only watched the first three or four episodes of season one. <laughs> There's only eight episodes. In I know, one. but I only saw half the season. So then I went back and watched it, and very quickly, it was good. It was really good, and I really liked season two. The season the season one premiere ended on a nice little cliffhanger. Jorah Morrell sucks balls, basically. He's uh, awful. He is not a good person. And considering that that is the arc of season one is we have to find Jerome Morrell. We have to find Jerome Morrell. And then when you get to him, you're like, this guy? He's a douche. Yeah. So, uh, well, I mean, I have to give them credit. They totally give you hints that that's what he is. Because he, what, he stayed at that village and waited to make sure the woman was pregnant. As soon as he found out she was pregnant, he was like, peace out. And then left his, uh, knowing that they treated sighted kids like monsters just left her to raise this kid by herself with at least with the twins he set up a whole village he set up the books and he you know made sure she uh, he set up a support system so that his kids would not suffer greatly even though they did suffer without him um but this other kid he totally left him on his own like peace and just seeing that uh, and then when you get to him and he's meant, she, and I like that the daughter was like, do you have any other kids? And he was like, no, it's just these. And I was like, really? You don't have any other ones you left laying about anywhere? <laughs> so it was just. He reminded me of those stories of the fertility clinic doctors who, yes. who eliminate all the patients. It's like, ew. Yeah, he was super I, I was glad he got his just desserts. Oh man, that was awesome. But uh, going on to season two, the premise is basically uh, Dave Batista kidnaps, well, not even kidnaps, he basically trades for the daughter, and he's like, Baba Voss, come get your kid. Um, and obviously it's a trap, and it's a good trap. It's a great trap. Yeah. Um, he let him in, because obviously when, when he's like trying to sneak in, the guard like knows that he's, you know, he's like, you're not solid, but go ahead, go on in. So they let him in, and then they and the thing was he could have escaped if he was willing to kill like a, a six year or seven year old kid. If he was willing to kill a little kid, he could have escaped, and he didn't do it. And nope. and uh, Batista was like, "You've gotten weak," and I'm I really kind of want a flashback to see what his character was like before because he sounds like a total tool, man. I want to know exactly what went down between. I mean, 
did he kill? I mean, evidently he did kill the father. Right. But he never denies been, that he did. No. But there must have been extenuating circumstances. Obviously, right. So I, I think there's more to it. Now, I'm sure it will be will be made to, you know, I'm sorry, but the queen annoys me. Beyond belief, I mean, yes. I know she's she's an antagonist, but something about the actor, something about that weird sing-song voice oh they have. Oh, my God, yeah. I want to smack her. I, the fact talk. that she's not dead yet is ridiculous, too. But it is great seeing uh, Tom Mizen yes. from Sleepy Hollow and Watchmen. And obviously he is of, uh, his loyalty is to himself first. Right, but I thought right. I'd like a little hint of romance between him and uh, Baba Voss's wife. Yeah, I was like, that's not, dude. I was like, you better not touch that. That's <laughs> not going to end well for you. Don't touch that. <laughs> Can't touch that. But I um, like that her son is at least she's going to get her son back. Um, I like that that's that happens. I don't necessarily like the group being split, but at least if she gets her son back, we don't have to worry because I like Magra, but she's surrounded by people I don't like. So I I. I I'm not enjoying her storyline as much, but at least now that if you get her son back to her, I might enjoy her storyline better. She was Vanessa on Da Vinci's Demons. That don't that means nothing okay. to me. And Bear McCreary scored both shows. So. Yeah, I saw Bear it, McCreary. It, it's interesting hearing him score something so completely different from what I've heard him do before, and I'm looking forward to his score for Foundation, which. Somebody on this podcast got a an advanced copy of, but <laughs> he, he's free to text me when we're offline. <laughs> but no, I I um I binge. I did a I did a mini catch up binge. I watched one hundred one and one hundred two, and then I watched the finale. Yeah, and there was enough stuff going on that I could figure out. You know, obviously everybody thinks that uh, that Watch Her Face is dead. She's obviously not. The twins are taken to meet, you know, evil, 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 the inseminator. Well, actually, you should have watched the big twist. There's a huge twist that happens that really works that you skipped, uh, which is her relationship to the, the sister. Like, that was huge. We had oh, no that idea. That she tried to depose the sister? Well, that they're sisters. Oh, that they're sisters? We didn't know that at all. Like, that yeah. was a huge, that was a huge deal. So eh. I care so little for the queen. I'm like, well, it's not about the queen. It's about Magra because there's a there's a whole episode where Magra is obviously lying about something. And uh, Alfred Woodard was like, you've endangered your children and your husband for something. And we don't understand why. Because she that little bell that she rings that basically Mm -hmm. denounces her position. She loses it and she sends them off to find it in the middle where they're running for their lives. And everybody's like, what? what? Why are we chasing after a bell? Like, what's, like, like they had no idea. They were like, your children could die retrieving this bell for you. Uh, and we don't, under, we don't know why. And she never tells them. And they're like, and so then Alfred Woodard doubted her character. Like, you value this position more than your husband and your kids. Like, that was a big reveal. And then understanding how that all connected was pretty good. And speaking of Alfre Woodard, she gives the whole thing a bit of class. Oh yeah, definitely. Because she's so good. But you know the thing is, Momoa. I mean, a lot of people give Momoa a hard time. But really, for what? 
Well, they're just like, oh, he's just a, he's just a big oaf, blah blah blah. A, he's, he's pretty really charismatic. Good. Yeah. He's charismatic, and B, he's pretty good. I, yeah, I don't he's think, really good. I don't think he gets his due on how good he is. I mean, you know, he's not going to win an Oscar for best whatever. He's not Jeremy Irons, but his range may be limited. But he's really good at that. And when when he's in, when he when he's with his kids and he's talking about like what he would do mm-hmm. to save them and. And he's worried about his relationship with his daughter, and when they say their goodbye, I was crying. I don't know about you. And that, and that scene where the son was getting a little uppity, and he kind of puts him in his place. <laughs> <laughs> that was the trip. Hit me. <laughs> no, but, um, so, see season two with, now that they have a worthy adversary, because that, that first season two was just annoying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, so, the villain in season Dave one's Batista, not great, but they no. really do have good plot twists in his eight episodes. It's not that much. Yeah, so and it's really Brothers good. goes all the way back to the Book of Genesis. So, yes, uh, do you buy that they're I, brothers? I do you buy that they're brothers? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I mean, they're both big freaking dudes. So I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just meant look wise. Uh, next up, uh, I want to talk about Lower Decks. We forgot to talk about it last week when it premiered. We didn't uh, forget to say somebody somebody was not a big fan of last week's episode or the show, so. Who? Not me. I love Lower Decks. Yeah, but I'm trying not to, uh, I'm not going to throw somebody under the bus. Oh. <laughs> I literally Wait, forgot to talk, talk about it. Are you talking about me? Are you talking about me? No, I don't think so. Oh. Okay, but anyway, like, we're not, we're, let's move on and talk about Lower Decks. They had its season, the season two premiere, and uh, it's been three episodes, I think. Right? Yeah, this is yeah. episode three there. Yeah. yeah, so the big deal was Bloimer got promoted to Rikership, and you know <laughs> you're going to get him back, but you don't know how you're going to get him back. And okay. the reveal for that was pretty good. Yeah, it was great. And I don't even like the show. <laughs> uh, Tom, your thoughts. Go ahead. No, I thought Lower Lower Decks is fun. I like the characters. I like you know the the voice actors are all good. You knew Boimler wasn't gonna last, so they basically did like a Thomas Riker type thingy. Yeah, transporter accident. That's fantastic. Accident. <laughs> so it was. I mean, the thing is, Mike McMahon is a huge Trek nerd. I mean, all, all I have friends who love to who love to hate on all the uh, Kurtzman shows. It's like, dude, just. Stop. If you don't like them, don't watch them. Don't complain about them. Just shut your pie hole. There are a lot of people who do, and and Viacom CBS is very happy because they just re-upped his contract. But the thing I like about Lower Decks most is it's not so wacky. It's not like full-on. It could work in live action. I mean, it would be an, it would be an expensive effects budget, but it could work live action. So they keep it this side of grounded. But just, you know, the, the first episode... Everything's blurring in. Second episode where uh, the uh, the XO gets near godlike powers. <laughs> yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that was the first one. Yeah, that was good. Was that the first one? Yeah, the first because we spend the first episode with the main crew of Cerritos. The second episode we're with Bloimer right. on on Riker ship and showing the, how I, over his head he is because he, is. he likes he likes to hear stories of all the adventures. But he does not actually like being on the adventures. So I did love the name of that episode. We'll always have Tom Paris. <laughs> yeah. That was the third one, a, right? Yeah. And he's got a Tom Paris, Paris plate. plate, which they are actually going to make. Oh, no. <laughs> For real? Oh, yeah. yeah. 
That's hilarious. I work for Paramount's licensing division. Trust me, they see a golden opportunity. <laughs> That's hilarious. I just I want to jump in only because I've been very critical of the show since the get go, and I stopped watching episode. Uh, I stopped. I don't know, four or five episodes in the first season. I don't know how many episodes are, are, are in a season, but I don't know why or how I ended up watching the premiere of season two, to be honest. I really don't. But I will say that I do know how I ended up watching all three episodes. I was like far away from my remote control and what I was watching Lower Decks on, like, you know, autoplays to the next episode or the next episode. So it kind of worked out, though, because it forced me to watch the show. And um, I will just say that I think I've sort of identified what I really hated about the show so much, mostly. I mean, there are a lot of things. I don't love the show. But the relationship between the mom and her daughter is unbelievably annoying. So I don't know which episode it was, one or two. It was the first one. Uh, it was the first oh, one. yeah. So I, it was enough first for me one. to be like, this is why I hate the show. I can't get over this. And I was like, this show, whatever, whatever. But because I was forced to watch two and three, I have to say that uh, the Boimer episode was fantastic. It was funny. And uh, I watched enough of the show to know the characters and their relationships and stuff. So I might be back on board. I mean, it's not a great show. I don't love it. But I definitely think once now that I've identified the main problem I had with the show, um, I don't think I can pull a full Libya and like fast forward every time that like that character is on or you know that storyline is on but um i i have to agree with what tom was saying it you know it is somewhat grounded and you know if you like star trek you, I, I i do believe you would like this i i love star trek and i didn't like it first season i don't know that i'll go back you know but i'm i'm on for season two now i think it's kind of a fun light show and you know a great big love letter to star trek so i mean if people haven't wanted to watch it or, or were curious about it, you know, I, I say give it, I don't think, well, you kind of do need to have seen the first season because otherwise the characters and their motivations and their actions don't make that much sense in season two, but whatever. I just wanted to say that I'm, I've, I want to admit that like, you know, I was super down on the show and I think I'm kind of coming around. All right. I, I did like the, the, uh, the plot line in episode three where Rutherford's the only one who seems to notice that the security Bajoran security officer is mysteriously resurrected? Oh yeah, because he totally got killed in season one, right? <laughs> and and that was hilarious. Uh, and I like that they don't explain it. They're just like, no, yeah, no, he's that... just back from the dead. They're like, what? Because he's a bridge officer. Bridge officers <laughs> just come back, and you just—that's just a thing that happens, and we don't talk about it. And I was like, all right, that works for me. Um, <laughs> But uh, next up, we're going to talk about uh, Mr. Corman, and that is going to be Tom and Peter. So you guys have six minutes. Go. Um, uh, Tom, do you want to start? Yeah, the episode from uh, from last from two Fridays ago was really interesting because it was about the roommate, and it was Bon-tour. something that I always wanted Frazier to do to do a special episode called Niles, and we get everything from Niles' point of view. And they did that; they fully committed. That it's all about was Mr. Gonzalez. Was that it, Peter? Ar- Artur- I think his first name is Arturo. Well, wasn't it called Mr. Gonzalez instead of Mr. Corman? And then we give. Oh, we oh give, you're right. Yes, correct. And they we get the entire episode that. through his eyes. And then um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character just makes a cameo. But it really kind of fleshed out the character, and it was kind of gutsy for them to do it in their first batch of episodes. So I want to give them a shout out for that. But I thought this episode, the Halloween episode that just dropped Friday, I thought was. Terrific. And I'm going to tag in Peter. 
Yeah, I, I, I really, yeah, I liked, I liked that episode about Mr. Mr. Gonzalez. I thought that was a really nice, like, kind of break um, for the show. And then, yes, this week they, it's basically him. Uh, he sort of, well, basically he meets. Right, he sets up. It's Halloween, and he sets up a date with like an. Is she an arts and crafts person? She's, I forgot what she's. She's the art teacher is at his school. Right, she's the art teacher. So the episode is basically like him going to this party and hoping that she's going to show up, and she doesn't really show up, and it's really more about him and his roommate, and then this guy who has a lot of followers, who's kind of like an influencer. And what I thought it was kind of cool about the episode is that there's a moment where Joseph, Mr. Corman is kind of being like, ugh, you know, Instagram and stuff, and you shouldn't care so much about people liking you. And the guy has a response. It's like, yeah, I know that's always so cool to be like, I just do what I want and everything. He's like, but I do want people to like me and everything. And it, it, it comes across kind of genuine for a person like that, that I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting because we normally, you know, we really only see, you know, the vapidness of so, of uh, social media influencers and stuff. And I'm not saying that the guy is necessarily super deep, but he seems genuine. It's like, yeah, this is something that this guy really wants. And then it has a shocker that he died. Like, and so the end of the episode, Gordon Levitt's character wakes up and there's all these texts and they had taken a picture together, the three of them at the party. And do you think, we're going to find out next week, but do you think it's a drug overdose or something? I would guess either drug overdose or he took his life. Yeah, or, well, because the whole thing is they do kind of, a. and actually I will say, this is one thing I don't love about Mr. Corman in general. Um, they take cues from that movie, The Secret Life of Walter Mitty, where. Oh, the magical Joe realism. Something. Yeah, and there's like a, you know, it'll be fantastical. So there's a fight with him, his roommate, and the guy against these, like, you know, these jerk yeah, bros. Yeah. And it gets super cartoony. And I, like, I get the aesthetic, but eh, it was all right. The only one I, the only time I've liked it is a few episodes ago, Corman had a nice moment where he and his mom, Deborah Winger, are singing. I thought yeah, that was nice. Number. Yeah, that was a nice fantasy number. But in general, yeah. the fantasy yeah. stuff doesn't do much for me. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it's either he took his own life or he OD'd or something. But the next week's, because the way Apple is, when you look at Apple shows, it always fools me because they will have the thumbnail for the episode that's coming up. So I'm like, wait, what's this funeral episode? But you can't watch it until Friday. So right. next right. week is a funeral episode. So I'm assuming that's what it's about. About That would make sense. No, it's... um. This is a show that's kind of grown on me. And the the, the, the uh, magical realism things, like Peter said, don't always work. But I just find it really interesting. In my communication ethics course, we talk a lot about social media. And this whole thing about this current generation influencers and people, you know, they want to be an influencer. But it's like, what marketable, tangible skill do you have? And wow. online, your your virtual life is not a substitute for your real life. But it's interesting to see a show with you know a pretty substantial creative team behind it tackle such an a current you know really uh not just viable i think it's kind of an important issue because yeah i agree corman between between corman and victor and dax they have this conversation and victor kind of gets sucked into it because dax is like here i'll friend you and you know you'll probably break 500 by the end of the night oh right 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 yes 
So it's, you know, it's, it's a little bit offbeat and quirky. It's not perfect, but give it a chance. You know, it's, it's, it's definitely not something you've seen before. I, I agree. Right. Yeah. Let, let's wrap that one up. Um, you obviously are both saying thumbs up. Yes, we are. Yeah, yeah. So next up, we're going to talk about Ted Lasso. Um, and this episode, they, we all in the last week were like, we know what's going on on banter. And we know that Ted Lasso is really texting with Rebecca and it's, and then she invites him to lunch and it's so sweet. And then they do the big reveal that no, she's been texting, um, God, what's Sam? Sam. She's been texting Sam. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Like, I can't (laughs) even see that. I was trying to like picture them together and I was like, nah. No, I can't do it. That's that's no, that's not gonna work. Plus, she's found her boy toy. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, Sam would work as a boy toy, I guess, but nah. Obviously, they want they both want something a lot deeper. And oops, <laughs> that's 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 gonna be an awkward day at work when they find out about that one. Well, I'm 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 kind of using this as a tr- like the ultimate ultimate you know test of Ted Lasso because I have to wonder how they're going to pull this off. You know what I mean? Like you know, is it just going to be like a, a a side kind of a thing, or are they really going to try to ship them for us? And if they do try, are they going to be able to pull it off? No, I, I think don't. We're all I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think they're. I don't think they're going to try to ship. I don't that. think they're going to go there. No, I, I, I hope not because I. Go ahead. I mean, for starters, he's an he's her employee. Yeah. No, I, 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 I sorry, I, sorry. I need to re- rephrase. I don't mean. I don't. I guess shipping was too strong of a word. Like, I didn't know if this was just going to be like a a gimmick, or they're going to explore it a little bit. You know what I mean? And like that, it'll be like funny and somewhat fun to watch because it was uncomfortable the reveal like it was so out of left field and i think we're all saying that like we don't even see it a little bit so i guess what i'm trying to say is i'm really interested to see how they're going to mine it for like all the humor and the heartfeltness do you know what i mean like anyway i'm not yeah i'm not being very articulate right now so i'll stop talking (laughs) but but i will just i will steal full credit to tom ted lasso is life so I kind of just, you know, I just tune it in and I'm like, ah, oh, just give me, you know, heartfelt and humor and I will sit here and let it wash over me and I will bathe in it and I will just be super happy about it. So you guys can talk about the episode. Well, I, I liked, what I liked about this one was uh, we basically got, you know, that moment, but also Ted, Ted's life has been unraveling and his whole cheerful happiness it's kind of, it's true, but it's also kind of a front. Yep. He does it so that people are not looking at him, and, at, and I think he does it to distract himself. And the moment where he got that phone call from his son, you know, about his son and realizing that he's not there to help his son, and then he had a bunch of little things just like, you know, Death of a Thousand Knives. He had just little things happening. And then you get the pressure of the game, and if they win this game, they get an award, and this is great. And he's been doing such a great job, but what does it mean? And he just started losing. He just started. You could see the hamster wheel spinning in his head. And when he has his little thing, you know, uh, it gave us all what we were waiting for, which is him in the psychiatrist's office. Like, we knew, we all predicted that from the first episode that that was where we were going. Um, and so it ends on kind of a 
sad-ish note, but also I feel feel like a good note because he needs to deal with this. He needs to deal with whatever this is. So, and uh, Brett Goldstein wrote this week's episode. Uh, he also plays um, Roy Kent, and ah. just he nailed it. Just in terms of the thing I love about this show is. It's an ensemble cast, but they're really good about making sure everybody has something interesting to do in each episode, right. even if the face isn't squarely on them. So we get the <laughs> we get the, we get this thing between Jamie and Roy. Where oh, Roy, that was great! Roy won't coach Jamie. Yeah, <laughs> and and then finally, <laughs> and then Keely says, "Just whatever he says, just agree with him," <laughs> which was hilarious. Yeah. I'll jump back in because of what you said, Tom. Uh, I, I, I even love they do. It's such a dense show. The jokes are dense. There's like 900 jokes, you know, uh, you know, in every scene and some are throwaways, some are, you know, bigger jokes. Um, I love also that the the whole assistant coach storyline. Right. Was that this episode or maybe it was last that was, week? That was last week. No, no, they won. No, wait, they, no, it was oh, this week's, he right? won. Yeah, yeah, this week's. Is, yeah, they he won, actually, and he like, you know, yeah, he, he got came with the play. And all, yeah, like they, yeah, 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 they're doing. His arc is great. You know what I mean? He goes from the towel boy to you know assistant coach. He's jealous of Roy coming in, and then well, the only he saves thing the is, day. I, I think that his ego is going to get out of hand. I, well, yeah, they, they they've winked to that as well. Do you know what I mean? They've definitely leaned to that as well. Higgins, I mean, again, to to go to what, what Tom was saying, to further what Tom was saying, uh, the, the Higgins thing is great. You know what I mean? Like him with his floating office, you know, and and then they bring it back in. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, there's no no characters wasted. No joke is wasted. No plot line is wasted. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it like I said, it's just a full full show it gives you so much i mean i talk about the heart and the humor but and the last thing i want to say is i only recently found out that brett goldstein is uh it, you know is is a writer and was right from the get-go in fact actually i read a whole thing about how he was not he was not he was a writer he was hired as the writer and then when they were writing roy he asked if he could audition for it he was straight up like i, I want to audition for this so they they made him or let him audition, and then clearly they made the right choice. But um, I, I laugh now that I know that because I'm like, oh, he's writing himself the best jokes. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I was like, no wonder we love him so much. He's he's got an insight track. So um, no, so I think that's amazing because he his the his portrayal of Roy is so spot on. Uh, you know, the grumpy. I mean, it's not something we haven't seen before. The grumpy guy who's like got the hugest heart or whatever. But to pull it off, to pull off a trope like that and to be so lovable and to really that's not that easy. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, no, I just the show is great. OK. Any other comments before we wrap this up, Tom? No, I want my Killian Kent spinoff. I'm telling you. After season, <laughs> yeah. after season yeah. three ends, I want that spinoff. All right. Well, if you guys have any questions or comments, just send them to tvcampfiregmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and on Facebook. Listen to us on Sci-Fi Radio, Weedonopolis, and iTunes. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye.